Hello everyone and welcome back to the Full Story Wellness Podcast. Today we are going to talk about if there are any must-do exercises. And what we're going to do is hopefully clear up any confusion someone may have if they're trying to find a program that they want to do or if they're writing their own and they have any questions about exercise selection, particularly with an exercise that they either have pain with or they dislike. And also for the person that going into the pain that maybe has apprehension of doing a movement because they hear so many great things about it and it's going to bring you all of this performance and all this longevity and you either don't know if you're doing it correctly and you don't have feedback so your movements are a little bit more rigid because you're unsure or if you actually have pain in that movement and you're unsure if you should push through that pain because quote unquote that exercise is the most beneficial thing you can do. So hopefully we can help clear up any confusion on if there are any must-do exercises. And kind of like most things in the fitness world, it always depends on who's asking and who is asked. Because if you were to ask like a power lifter, they would probably say that like back squatting, benching, and deadlifting would be the best things to build overall strength. So everyone should do those. Or if you were to talk to a crossfitter, they would probably say that like thrusters and burpees are a full body movement that you can control the intensity on and it's going to be the most bang for your buck. If you were to ask a runner, they would say that running is the most natural thing you can do. You could just go out your door and go do it. Instagram says that your knees are going to be garbage if you don't do ATG split squats or the certain mobility exercise or stretch. So it can get super confusing. And I've bounced around between this over the years in my coaching and training career. If you were to ask me at different points, I would have ping-ponged between yes and no and with certain exercises. Um, so like when I started working out right before high school, I was doing sports and getting into like powerlifting, but I just loved all things training at that point. I like fell into the rabbit hole hard. So I was just doing everything I could. I didn't have the thought that this is something that I must do or this particular exercise because I was literally trying to do everything I could. Any sort of methodology, I was going to try it. And then after that, after I was through with sports and going into college, I fell into the, I knew I wanted to be a physical therapist and strength and conditioning coach. So I started to read like Becoming a Supple Leopard by Kelly Sturette. I was getting into like the FMS by Greg Cook and all of these different movement screens and muscle testings and trying to find like the perfect standard for people to fall in. And I got wrapped up in this for a number of years, almost to the point where I didn't realize that these standards were a tool they weren't the catch-all be-all so I would go into the weight room and foam roll for like 45 minutes trying to increase my mobility and I did have some restrictions but I was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole so to speak like those standards were good information but they weren't designed for me or my body type or my goals or anything along that so at that point I would say you have to perfectly fit into the standard. Otherwise, you shouldn't even be doing squats or shouldn't even be doing any lifting. So pretty silly. But um, I that's the rabbit hole I went in for a number of years. And then after college, I got a job working at a performance gym. And we were working with anywhere from eight-year-olds up to NHL professional hockey players. And you obviously can't just do like mobility that whole time. So that's when I started to get kind of get back into that there are certain movements that are great, but this particular position and job helped me really see that different demands 
from like sports. So sports have very different demands, just as life. Everyone's going to have different things that their body's going to have to be able to do or that they want their body to do. And your body is super adaptive. It's going to respond to anything. So back to those hockey players, I was working with some of them for four to five years in a row, and I could see their body physically develop around the sport of hockey. So at this point, I was like, okay, there may not be certain exercises that someone has to do, but they need to be able to match the demands of what they want to do. So we're getting a little bit kind of where I'm at now. But I also was working with adults at this time, just general population, a lot of like parents or grandparents for these athletes. And at this point, I was just like, well, if people just do Turkish get-ups, that's kind of going to be a catch-all be-all and you'll get the most in. So now I'm at the point where, like I said earlier, it always just depends. It depends on who's asking, particularly because this is where we need to get into movement versus exercise. So while there probably isn't a must-do exercise, there are movements that we need to maintain and do. So no, there isn't a must-do exercise, but it's a little bit more complex than that. And like I said, this is the movement versus exercise. You can have a movement that you dislike and you don't have to do it. You could have a movement that causes you pain and you can either decide if that's something that you want to work towards being able to do pain-free or just alleviate the symptoms and not even have to try to do that thing. And we're going to go into those in a little bit more depth. But this next point is really key before we do that. So the difference between the movement and the exercise thing is exercises have certain things that they involve. So while you don't have to do this particular exercise, that particular exercise requires your body to have certain prerequisites to be able to do that. So... This is kind of where it gets into, you don't have to do something, but there's a difference between choosing to not do something and neglecting something. I'll say that again. So there's a difference between choosing not to want to do something and then just choosing to neglect something. And we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit more, but back into that uh, exercise has a prerequisite. So like, let's say you're talking about deadlift or we're talking about deadlift things that requires you to be able to hinge at your hips be able to stay solid in your core, load up the hamstrings and the glutes. And if you're lowering the weight properly, eccentrically load the hips and hamstrings, keep that tension, keep the lats engaged. There's a lot that's involved. Now, you don't have to do deadlift to do those things. There's other exercises or other avenues that you can build the capacity to do those things without deadlifting. And that's where it kind of comes into play where you don't have to do something but there are certain things that that movement or exercise requires that are probably things to keep an eye out for. And we're going to go over that with three different scenarios. So this is going to be for someone that dislikes a movement, someone that has pain in a movement, but doesn't necessarily want to do that movement. And for someone that has pain in the movement, but does want to do the movement. And we're going to start with the dislike first, just because that's like the easiest one to go through for most people. And we'll do a couple different exercises for this as examples. So let's say you're writing your own program or coach is writing a program for you and they're asking you different things about exercise you enjoy or movements you have experience with, etc. Now, let's say you just hate burpees. Like they're the one exercise you're like, I'll do anything but a burpee. Cool. How can you replace a burpee? The first thing to do is to look at the joints 
the movements, the muscles, all of that that's involved. So if you were to visualize a burpee, it kind of looks like you're getting down to the floor, you do a push-up, you spring yourself back up, and then you do a little jump up top. So it involves pretty much the whole body, but if we were to break that down, we could do a push-up and a little bit of a bounding motion. So that could be things like jump roping, skips, high knees, box jumps, anything that's gonna give you that little bit of a plyometric style of movement, and then you can pair that with push-ups and air squats, and if you throw all that together, that kind of looks like a burpee. So that's getting the joints and the movements that are involved. The next thing is the stimulus. So this is gonna make more sense when we get into like squatting and things like that, but the stimulus of a burpee is typically just to like make you fatigued and tired. So you could just do burpees or you could do those exercises I just talked about. Let's say you want to do, instead of 20 burpees in a workout, you could do push-ups with jump roping and pair them together in a circuit style workout. And that way you're still getting the same movements and the same relative stimulus without doing that movement. Again, this is a little like nitty gritty in the weeds of programming, but hopefully you can see that you can still kind of get the same benefit without actually doing that movement at all. And this is the most important part. Let's say you just dislike burpees and you can't do them. So that would be kind of like a test, like, well, why can't you do that burpee? If it's simply just because you dislike it, then in the future, it's just going to be screening your ability to continually do a burpee. So you don't have to do them. But if all of a sudden you can't get down to the floor and get back up, then that is something that maybe you have to start doing or making note of, even if you dislike that movement. And that's going to kind of lead into the next one here. And that is if someone has pain but doesn't like it. We're going to stick with the burpee for all three of these scenarios, and then we'll do another example with like a squat or running. So this person has pain in the burpee but doesn't want to do burpees. Like they just don't want to, which is cool. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. So the same exact kind of thing is going to go about replacing this, but we also need to have pain as the forefront. So pain is going to be the thing that we're going to try to alleviate first. So what causes the pain in the burpee? Is it because your wrist isn't able to get into that much extension? So when you go to do the push-up, you get a little bit of pain in your wrist. Okay, then we would break up the movement like we did in the same way above. So you could do push-ups and then jump roping for this example. But all you would have to do then is instead of doing the push-ups with your hands flat on the floor, you could get a small parallette or a pair of dumbbells. And now you're holding the grip of those so your wrist is in a neutral position allowing you to do the push-up which is sweet but it doesn't end there the most important part is using if that's the part that causes you the pain is the wrist in the push-up now you need to add accessory movements or parts of your warm-up or cool down that work on that specific joint or that specific movement that causes you the pain even if you don't want to do the burpee that wrist pain is going to lead to other exercises that if we don't get on top of that now, then it could lead into you don't like doing burpees, so then you don't do burpees. But then all of a sudden push-ups hurt, so you don't do push-ups. Then any sort of like pressing movement hurts, so you don't do pressing. So it's a downhill slope if we just start to eliminate stuff because of pain and not looking at the aspect that causes us pain, even if we don't want to do that movement. Again, it's different like the next scenario where this person has pain in that movement but then does want to be able to do that movement pain-free. 
The only thing that changes is then that movement is now the test. So this person could do those parallel push-ups with jump roping in like a circuit fashion. So they're still getting the idea of a burpee. They're getting the stimulus of that workout. And then they're using their accessory movements or their warm-up or their cool-down, those little individualized things that will help alleviate that wrist pain. And then they're testing it with burpees. Now, maybe they can at first do zero burpees pain-free. Then it's three, five, 10, 12. So you're using that as kind of the gauge. So if you have pain and you want to be able to do something, then you kind of break it down in the same ways that you would if you disliked the movement and you didn't even want to do it. Or if you have pain in the movement and you still kind of don't really want to do it, you're just using the movement as a test and you're still breaking down the components and making sure that you're getting that same stimulus and movement in. Okay. So burpee is a little bit of a tough one. Let's go through squatting. Let's say someone just dislikes back squatting. My first question would be why? No, just kidding. Anyway, um, so someone dislikes back squatting and let's just say they, they just don't like it. They don't want to do it. Cool. Don't do it. There's other options. Let's say you want to do a front squat. That's awesome. An overhead squat. Cool. Let's say you want to do a leg press, a uh, lunge, a split squat. There's a very... There's a variance of options. There's like an unlimited number of options. People are always even creating new exercises now. So there's a way that you can get that same movement without doing it. So let's say, like I said, you dislike back squats. So it involves the hip being in flexion, the knee being in flexion, and ankle dorsiflexion. And typically, a back squat is going to have load on the body. You're going to have to have that core stability. Sweet. So if you just simply don't want to back squat, then you get to choose that variant or that option that you would like to do. Leg press, lunges, split squat, box step ups. There's endless amounts of exercises that kind of target the legs in the same way that a back squat would do. And then again, just figuring out that stimulus. Is it heavy? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it an isometric? Is it low rep? Is it high rep? And then you're just checking every so often to make sure you're not losing the ability to squat. Now, it's the ability to squat, not back squat. This is where that movement versus exercise comes into play. So even if you don't want to barbell back squat ever, like anytime you're in a gym, it's just something you don't want to do. That doesn't mean you should not check in on your ability to body weight squat. Two drastically different things. The body's meant to move often and move in various ways, but it doesn't have to do certain exercises. And I hope that kind of makes sense. So now let's say this person has pain in back squats, and they st but they still just don't want to do them, which is cool. So let's say they go to do back squats or any sort of barbell-loaded squatting motion, and their knee has pain. So then we start breaking it down in the same way as the same person that would dislike the movement but has no pain. We look at the joints, the muscles, the movements that are involved. We look at the stimulus that that back squat is trying to do. And then now we're using the squat as kind of like the screen to see if that movement is improving or the pain is diminishing, even with knowing that this isn't something that we're probably going to work on in the future because this person doesn't want to back squat. But if they're able to squat pain-free, then all of their other like lower body movements are probably going to feel better and just give them more performance, overall well-being, etc. And then Back to that same person, pain, but does want to do barbell back squatting. I feel like this is the most people that are in the gym. And then that barbell back squat just becomes the test. So 
we break it down, the joints, the muscles were used. We figure out which part of the exercise causes the pain and the difference with this one, whereas the person that had pain and doesn't want to do the exercise, you're just going to find any exercise that kind of targets the legs in the similar in a similar way. So doesn't want to do back squats, let's do lunges, let's do split squats, that sort of thing. For the person that does have pain in the movement, but also does want to do a back squat, the first thing is to find a modification that closely resembles the back squat so they still feel like they're getting the benefit and not diminishing in that lift. So this could be like a box squat, a back squat with a shorter range of motion from pins, pauses, tempo. So you're still working the movement capacity of that lift that you wanna be able to do, but you're not doing it in a way that's causing you pain. And then after that exercise, you can go through and do your accessories or your cool down that is focused on the aspect of that exercise that causes you the pain. So this is kind of how you can either just throw away exercises, but still make sure that you have the ability to do it, or you can work towards being able to do that exercise. And okay, and then lastly, let's say running. Someone wants to run and and they have pain and they don't want to run. So they are true, they are prescribed to run, they have pain, and they don't want to run. So this is where kind of it's more focused on the stimulus. Is that a long run? Is it an interval? Are they doing work rest? And then you ultimately just get to find how you are going to go about that. Is it going to be on a bike? Is it going to be on a rower? Are you just going to walk? And this is because um, I kind of skipped it. For the person that dislikes it, you just don't run. Find a different way to do cardio. That one's pretty easy. But for the person that has pain in it, you still want to, running is a pretty fundamental movement that we should all be able to have the capability to do. That doesn't mean that you have to run. But if running causes pain, that's a pretty um, big thing to notice. So this person can still get all of their cardio aspects because a bike maybe doesn't hurt them, but running does. They can still get all of the zone training that they want. And then you can work towards the capabilities to run pain-free if you ever choose to run. And then again, lastly, the person that has pain but does want to run you would still find a way to get that specific workout done, matching the stimulus. And then your accessories or the other parts of your um, workout focus is finding the way to eliminate that pain and then slowly incorporating full-on running back in. So that is a lot. But the big thing is, obviously, you can see how nuanced it gets, but... There is no must-do exercise. However, you have to move a lot. Movement is medicine. You have to be able to move now if you want to be able to move later down the road. So while you don't have to do a certain exercise, you do need to move and probably work towards being able to do the things that the exercise requires of you, especially if you can't do it. Because I find a lot of times the people that don't like certain exercises either don't perform it properly or they just weren't instructed on it and they're like doing it with a different intention than it's kind of intended for. But that doesn't mean that if you just simply dislike something that you have to do it. If you want to get strong, but you don't want to power lift, there are plenty of ways to get strong without power lifting. So if we focus on global movement, 
a lot will be fine. You don't have to necessarily focus on certain exercises, but being able to move a lot is going to help you because ultimately people have been functional without even exercising for centuries. They didn't do barbell back squats, but they still maintain the ability to squat. And that's why they were probably more functional in later years than some of us would be if we didn't do that kind of movement. If any of this has confused you, please reach out via an Instagram DM or shoot me an email. If you have any other topics that you would like discussed on this podcast, also shoot those on over to me. And if you've listened this far, I truly appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.